All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to the Monday edition of the Gregor Show on Sports 1440, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Of course, uh, player props, McDavid. Two more assists tonight? Maybe. Or what about a McDavid goal? If you're, Are you feeling it? Think, uh, do you think he's ready? He's got 21 assists in his last nine games, but uh, no goals. So play player prop bets. You can do uh, individual games. Whatever you do, play within your game, in your limits. Go to gamesense.ab.ca. Time now for our uh, football report brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling. Home of the no payments, no interest for one full year on your furnace. Or if you're planning ahead, serenity now, you're thinking about your AC. Well, never, it's never too early to plan ahead. Get it installed, you'll love it. Legacyheating.ca from uh, CBC Sports and One Soccer. Uh, Andy Petrillo joins us. She always does uh, every Monday. Andy, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Fantastic. Um, I've kind of been booted out of my regular spot, so don't mind the horse head over my left shoulder. But uh, I am ready to go in front of my bar unit. Oh, all right. Oh, okay. I thought you were just—I thought you were showing me you had your ponytail on because you're ready to play soccer. You had like your—that's oh. what I was wondering as you're turning your head there. You're like, hey, I'm ready. I'm in soccer. We're talking soccer. This is how I got to play. So you know, because you can't have your hair flapping all over when you're playing, right? You got to have a tail. This is true, and also um, my trademark was I used to wear a bandana. Around my head, but like the classic kerchief, you know what I mean? Like I rolled it up. Oh my goodness! Really? Nice. So now, like in in the women's game, when you're playing, like you're wearing that, like is there trash talk going on? Like you're getting trash talk for that? How's that work on the pitch? Uh, I mean, maybe maybe now you might get some trash talk because it's like, well, maybe even then, nobody said anything to me because it was just so you know, badass, I guess. So nobody, nobody wanted to best with me. They thought I was, but I wasn't. Oh, okay. It was the only way I could just keep something on my head and right. uh, not have the sweat pour into my eyes. But, oh, geez, anything you can spot and pick on to make someone feel bad or get off their game, all kinds of trash talking going. Oh God. Yeah. I, mean, if, I, I can imagine that's, that's part of the gamesman gamesmanship games, womanship of, uh, of the game for sure. Now um, let's start with the, uh, the big news from course here in Edmonton. Alfonso Davies is, uh, is moving to real Madrid, Real Madrid, I should say. Yes. Yes. Um, this seems it's, it seems like it's a foregone conclusion. So a article was just written in the athletic today and it's something we've been monitoring for like I would say a better part of a year and mm-hmm. a bit actually, right? Because yeah. Alfonso's always said he wanted to go to Real Madrid. His agent did very little to quash 
the rumors that Real Madrid was also interested in him. But the reason why it's also coming to a head now is that his contract is up in 2025. And apparently just a couple of weeks ago, there was an in-person meeting between Real Madrid and his agent. So they've always been in communication, but yep. now we're hearing that it was an in-person meeting and they really want him kind of like now. So, so here's the thing. I mean, if they want him in 2024, they'd have to do some negotiating with Bayern Munich uh, and, and try to agree to a price or they wait till 2025. We're hearing that Real Madrid is willing to wait where Alfonso Davies at that point will be a free agent. So now the ball is kind of in Bayern's court because they want him to stay. They are currently trying to negotiate with him to stay. But if it's, if it's sounding more and more like it's a done deal, he's going to be gone. You also don't want to lose him for free. So you don't want to wait until 2025 and then just have him go bye-bye. Mm-hmm. So they might have to, I mean, they might have to have their hand forced just a little bit here to negotiate with Real Madrid on a price um, so they can at least make money off yeah. of this as well. But it, it pretty much seems like this is, this is happening. Alfonso Davies will be going to Real Madrid. Yeah, and that's, that's huge news. Like, you know, obviously, uh, Bundesliga is, is great where he's been playing, but, uh, you know, you, you get to Real Madrid and it's just, it's, it's an even bigger marketing opportunities for him. Uh, you know, some would argue and say that, you know, it's a better overall league top to bottom. So, mm-hmm. you know, this will be, uh, this is a pretty big move for him. It's, it's a huge move because, I mean, and, and you're right. Like, you don't want to, you don't want to disrespect Bundesliga. It is a strong league, but it really does feel like a one-team league. And that's not to try and take away even from Borussia Dortmund, who had been, you know, pretty competitive for a while. A lot of that, too, that's where Erling Holland came from and now applying his trade with Man City. But bottom line is that, I mean, it's Bayern. And here's the thing. He's done everything he can do with Bayern. He's won a league title. He's won Champions League. Like, he owes a lot to Bayern and to Bundesliga, no doubt about that. But you're right. You need to start elevating your game, and that comes with elevating the leagues you play in. So you're looking at La Liga. You'd be looking at the English Premier League. But, you know, even La Liga, you could argue, okay, well, Real Madrid, Barcelona, it's always this one-two horse. Okay, sure. But still, Atletico Madrid still challenges. Girona right now is a team that's sitting in second. Like, there seems to be a little bit more parity as well in La Liga than there than there has been in Bundesliga. So he'll have more of a challenge. He will be going up against top quality talent. I just think this, I mean, at 23 years of age, he'll just continue to elevate his game. And uh, I think play in somewhere where it's a real hotbed, it'll be a real challenge, but it sounds like he wants it. Uh, you know what? Good for him. Uh, you know, I could see yeah. the change. He's been there for quite some time. Um, uh, let's switch over now to the, uh, to, to the to the women's side and you know there's lots of news going on right now Andy in the, in the women's side of the game so I get I want to start with the youngster uh what's your thoughts on, on Olivia Smith and you know what she's going to be moving forward the young 19 year old for this program uh right now it feels like sky's the limit I don't you know clearly she hasn't hit her ceiling and I know that feels like captain obvious but you know 19 years of age um, has just turned pro she's playing in Portugal She's playing with Sporting Lisbon. She's put up six goals in 12 games. And now at this women's inaugural gold cup, so really special that the women in the CONCACAF region finally get to compete in a gold cup. The men have been doing so since 1991. But this is really giving Bev Priestman a chance to also see who she has. And Olivia Smith has been rising to the occasion. So she picked up her first goal for country in that first game against El Salvador. VAR kind of ruined the celebration. <laughs> yeah, I saw she thought that. She was offside. Anyway, turns out she wasn't. It was all good. Um, and then she earned her first start last night against Paraguay and didn't look out of place. Like, she looked absolutely fantastic. Um, the only concern that, you know, Bev has expressed with us about Olivia is that the league she plays in in Portugal, while she's happy that she's playing there and she's getting these minutes and she's doing well – she still feels like she needs to work on her conditioning and work on her pace, which to me is pretty standard also when you're talking about a 19-year-old just getting into the game. But, you know, I think it's worth noting that the Olympics, you can only take an 18-player roster. Tokyo yeah. dubbed the COVID games. They were, I think they were allowed to take 22, 23. Yeah. But that was because it was COVID, right? So they were able to have some reserve just in case someone tested positive and went down, but now they're back to 18. Two of those spots are taken up by goalkeepers. So really you're talking about 16 players. Um, so that, that, you know, everyone's going to be fighting for, for spots on that Olympic roster to go out and defend that gold. So now between the gold cup and the, she believes cup in April, 
Olivia Smith has some real chances here. And so far in these first two games, she has looked fantastic. And I do want to just point out, like, I know to all the diehard fans out there going, Andy, this is El Salvador, Paraguay. Like, they're barely rated. El Salvador's like 104th, Paraguay's 50th. I get that. But if she can at least do that against that competition, because that's what she's expected to do, then I want to see what she can do against Brazil. I want to see what she can, can you imagine, do against uh, USA. So given the opponent she's facing, she's standing out. And that's yeah. a good thing. And that's what you want, right? Like if she's not standing yeah. out against the lesser opponents, I think it, there'd be a cause for concern. Uh, exactly. What about uh, Adriana Leon? Uh, she's got uh, five goals already. Uh, I know we can talk quality competition, but still, you still got to score. And, you know, she's had mm-hmm. quite the unique journey. She really has. And I am like, I'm one of the, like, I am rooting for Adriana Leon because, you know, I mean, th- th- this is somebody who's a veteran on the national team, but it wasn't that long ago, especially under um, Heineth Kenneth Mueller, who took over from John Herdman, she lost not yeah. just her starting position. Like she lost her, her, her position on the national team. There were camps and tournaments that she just wasn't called into. Then she started getting called back in uh, by Beth Priestman and was very much a bench player, would come off the bench, have an incredible impact. Um, so that was her national team story, where now it just seems so crazy to talk about Adrian Leon not being a starter. But on the pro side of things, it was really up and down for her, too. She was really making a name for herself in the Women's Super League with West Ham United, was getting some pretty consistent minutes, scoring some goals, and then makes this massive move two years ago to Manchester United. We're all stoked here in Canada for her. And then, like, barely plays, gets in five games. And she's just withering away, goes on loan to Portland in the NWSL, also plays about five games. Mind you, she's still keeping up her pace with the national team, which was impressive. And now she's made the move back to the WSL. This time she's playing with Aston Villa. She's already played in 12 matches. She scored four goals for them. So the last few years, she's only played in like five. So a a combination of 10 games in the last two years. And now finally with Aston Villa, in just a few months, she's already played 12 matches. So you see that swagger with her, right? Like she, thank goodness, at least for the national team's sake, she didn't lose the scoring touch. But now there's just a completely different swagger, different confidence. Um, also, like this leadership, again, with Christine Sinclair. Remember, I kind of predicted that, you know, it, this wasn't a knock on Christine. But oftentimes when somebody like that, a giant like that leaves, yeah. you know, other people feel like they can spread their wings. And I feel like Adriana Leon is one of them. And it's not just on the like what she's doing, scoring goals, but you see her. She's so communicative and you know, even the way she is with an Olivia Smith and all the other players. So it's been really nice to watch. And uh, she's leading the golden boot race in this tournament. And I think this bodes very well for a Canadian side who for years all we talked about was they couldn't score. So this is really nice to see. Andy Petrillo joins us uh, talking uh, all things soccer. Of course, we started out uh, with the the big news that Alfonso Davies is going to, uh, well, sounds like he's going to Real Madrid, not official yet, but uh, it's close to official. Um, some bad news, I guess, on the uh, the woman's side is the uh, the injury to uh, uh, Prince, who, who kind of seemed to, she was locked in uh, on, I think, on that team, no question. How long yeah. is this? How long is this? How serious is this? Do you, you know, how big of a blow? Yeah, it sounds pretty serious. Um, you know, even heading into this tournament, one of our topics of conversation in our pregame show about Nichelle Prince was that she was the number nine and that it was her spot to lose. And it really felt like, you know, this this was somebody who looked fantastic, especially in those Jamaican qualifiers back in September and then continued to do so in those four friendlies to end the year, especially with Ashley Lawrence on the right, the way she would send in those crosses and Nichelle Prince would always get her head on them. They just had a great synergy about them. And it was also great to see her back because she had – torn her Achilles and she was out for a long time. She wasn't even really healthy, even though she was named to that world cup team last summer. It was so unfortunate because she wasn't at full strength. And then all she needed really was if if the world cup was just one month later, you know, what a difference. Um, So it was just so great to see her back. And then she goes down on her own in that very first game against El Salvador, 43rd minute. And I always say when a player goes down on their own, you know, it's real. That's not to say when there's a slide tackle, it's not real, but we also know sometimes they can fake it (laughs) to get the call. So when she went down on her own, I went, oh, no. And then, you know, Bev Priestman confirmed it's a calf injury. So let's just put it this way. It's serious enough where she will be out for the rest of the tournament, which will end on on March 10th if the Canadians go all the way to the final. And then we'll see what happens because the She Believes Cup is in April. I believe the two dates that they play are April 6th and April 9th. If she's not available for April, 
I will start to get a little worried for the Olympics. And I know you're going, oh, the Olympics start July 26. It should be fine. But again, we're talking about 18-player roster. And if she's not in the Shebelis Cup, does that mean she's not going to return to play till like May, June? Does Bev take a chance? And again, somebody who's not up to snuff with their conditioning? Like, I don't know. I start to worry a little bit, right? When does she have to submit her 18-player roster? Like the week before the Olympics? I think it's a couple weeks. Yeah. yeah. So she'll have time, yeah. which is nice. She will have time. So I, I'm just, I'm probably being a little hyperbolic here and a little melodramatic, but um, <laughs> I just know that, I just know that Bev is really using this tournament and the She Believes Cup, and they'll probably have some behind closed door friendlies, which is what they did heading into Tokyo. So perhaps if Michelle's ready to go there, it should be all good because let's put it, it's a huge loss yeah. if she can't go. But what's been reassuring is Adriana Leon scoring, Olivia Smith, you know, kind of establishing herself, and Chloe Lacasse still looking absolutely dynamite. So it's like it's not the team of old where if Christine St. Clair wasn't going, you just knew this team would be doomed. So that's not the case. Like you don't want to lose more depth, but at the same time, they now at least have people there who can score by committee, which is reassuring. And uh, what about Janine Becky? Yeah, so um, what we had heard, I know the last time we spoke, when I had said she was left off the roster, I was very concerned. I thought there was a setback. So I spoke to Bev, and what she had said was, no, apparently she's good, but because the turnaround in these types of tournaments are so quick, she didn't feel that Janine's knee, as she's recovering from an ACL, uh, would be able to handle it. Like she, she, Bev wanted all of her players to be available to her for the entire tournament. Yeah, that makes sense. Whereas somebody, yeah, whereas somebody like Janine, if she played in game one, probably couldn't go game two. Uh, Had to okay. wait for like things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's like, so Bev just felt that she would have been unfair to the player if she did that. So from what we're understanding, Janine is good. So she, she should be ready track. in April. Yeah, like I, she could be there in April. Um, looks like she's going to, you know, on track to start with her NWSL team. So this is somebody who should be available uh, for the Olympics. Well, that's massive, right? Like, I, yeah, I, I think honestly, yeah, if Canada didn't have like, obviously, I know Sinclair is retired. But if you take her and Janine Becky out, I just I don't you know. I know, you know, we've talked a little bit about the other people who can score. I just don't put them in the same level. And I think that's that's too yeah. much of a, a void to overcome for the women's team at the, at the Olympics anyway. I agree. Yeah, yeah, I do. I agree. So so that that was good news to hear that from Bev. Andy, great stuff. We appreciate it. And uh, what would be your best guess, do you think, on when this uh, Real Madrid thing might be uh, 100% finished? Well, uh, again, I, I, I would probably say, you know, it could be late summer because I just, it, knowing what we've been hearing, Alfonso Davies wants to go. Yes. End of sentence, period. Yes. So now if you're, if you're Bayern, you don't want to lose him for free. So you have to make this negotiation with Real Madrid. So, you know, we're probably looking somewhere towards summer, if not like late 2024. Um, but the deal, you know, everything points. I, I'm, I'm going to even go and say 90% that it's, it's happening. And we'll probably hear something official in the summer because if he's made up his mind, Bayern can't lose him for nothing. And it's also worth noting, Real Madrid is interested in Kylian Mbappe from PSG. How dynamite would they be if they had both of them? And we've also heard that it doesn't matter if they sign Killian, they will still have the money to sign Alfonso. Mm, yeah. It's not like one or the other has to happen. Yeah, yeah, very true. Andy, thanks so much as always for your time. Have a great week. We will uh, chat with you next Monday. See ya. See you later. That's uh, Andy Petrillo from uh, CBC and One Soccer. Hey, many of you, the text line was overflowing with questions and an- or answers to our uh, fun trivia question on. The Edmonton Order skater who owns the franchise record for consecutive assists without a goal. Now, in season, the record is 26, Wayne Gretzky. He had 26 assists between goals. McDavid has 21. The record over multiple seasons, drumroll, Cody Cece, 28. Technically, it's Grand Fear because he's at 36, but I were saying skater. It's a Cody CC 28 games. Kai was the, uh, the most Kai. You get, uh, you get a little bragging rights is what you get for that. All right. Some good bragging rights that, uh, Cody CC, the, uh, 28 gamer to, uh, without a goal. 
But uh, 28 assists, not 28 games. I should count how many games that was. Quite a few. Well, it was over 100, pretty sure. So there you go. Let's take a quick break. Uh, we'll return. Jared Stoll joins us next on The Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 425, welcome back. Jason Gregor, Connor Halley, with you on uh, Sports 1440 Orders Nation YouTube and Facebook and always coming to you live in the E-Well Studios. Gives you more than premium quality electrical products. They're ready to elevate your projects. Contact E-Well to discuss how they can partner with your success. E-W-E-L dot C-A as the uh, Edmonton Orders. A little bit of a funk right now. Uh, they, of course, have lost three in a row. Um, one's in overtime. I don't care. You don't win, you lose. That's how it works for me. And uh, the orders have lost three straight. They're four, five, and one since coming out of the all-star slash bi-week break. Uh, one of those losses for Cobb in L.A. And uh, they got the surging Kings, who are six and two under their new uh, coach. You made a few little uh, line juggling. Uh, got uh, big byfield going with the... Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, and it's really kind of elevated Dubois' game, got him rolling. So uh, we'll talk about all that as we get to our big guest today, brought to you by Silent Sports and Entertainment. They've added the Junior Prospects Hockey League to them. It's uh, U14, U15, and U18 as a combination of skill development and education focus. Learn more at juniorprospectshockeyleague.com as we welcome in uh, two-time Stanley Cup champion, Ace analyst for the Los Angeles Kings, former member of the Edmonton Owners. Jared Stoll joins us. Stolly, how you doing? Hi, Jason. How are you? Buddy, I'm pretty good. You? Yeah, I'm pretty good, too. I'm just uh, heading to the studio here in Los Angeles to cover the game. Oh, nice. Now, do you, uh, dude, I went, a good one. Uh, now, when you leave to go to studio, like, are you, because I remember going to a Kings and Lakers game once. And I literally had, for my hotel, it was like a two-hour in-traffic drive. How long does it take you to get from your house to the studio? Uh, the studio's in Santa Monica, so it's not, okay. I'm definitely not going, uh, I'm going on a freeway for probably, literally, like, two miles. So okay. it's not bad. I go not to bad. go down the water, going down the water right now. So it'll take me 30 minutes. Oh, okay. No, that's not bad at all, man. You're living the dream, driving yeah. out. You probably got the, you know, the hair flowing out the uh, roof. That's nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the the Kings, uh, Quinton Byfield, man. Now, I know, of course, uh, you know, you, uh, outside of being the analyst, of course, are in uh, player development. And, you know, here's a big, huge man who's just taken a little bit more time than some people think to develop. But uh, he has developed. And now, like, that goal he scored the other day, oh, my goodness. But he has really yeah. elevated his play. What have you seen from him over the few years that made you guys – this is why you drafted him number two overall. And you, you were probably more patient than some organizations would be with young players. Well, I think with him, you know, I'm not going to give a lot of the credit, but I'm going to give some of the credit to Andre Kopitar and Adrian Kempe. Like once, once Q got moved, I think it was half, yeah, it was halfway through the season last year, and he just kind of took off with those guys, and they, he actually carried their line some games. And you know, I talk, I still talk to Andre a lot, obviously um, ex teammates and stuff like that. But he loves playing with Q, and he loved it. And um, Todd McClellan came came to Andre a couple different times, and you. Gopi was uh, obviously all for it and loved playing with him. Loved how Q got the puck back, his his loose puck battles, and then he just got confident from there, right? And we all know that's the that's the main big word with with anybody that's uh, struggling. They just got to find their confidence, find their confidence, and uh, and he did. And now he's he wants the puck, he's carrying the puck, and he's a lot stronger too. It's uh, you know some of these young players that's you know, speed and strength and, you know, have a long summer. You lose out in the first round to, to the Oilers there in six games and you're going to have a long summer. So uh, Quentin definitely um, got a lot stronger and quicker in the summertime and that just helped helped his game and, and feeling confidence. And, uh, yeah, now he's, now he's carrying uh, a line, which maybe two years ago he, he wouldn't have been able to do. Yeah. Well, and that, hey, it's a hard thing to do, right? Like, not many guys in the league can carry yeah. a line, right? Like, that's just a fact. And it, no. it is unique that you put a younger guy with an older guy like Dubois to try to get Dubois going, and it's worked. Yeah, yeah, that's um, for sure. Yeah, usually it's maybe the other way around. But um, Dubois, he's he's battling more. His compete level has, has picked up. He's more physical and you know, shocker. He's getting more points because of it, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, he's he's been a force lately for sure. And, and whether or not Q is a big part of that, I think he's a little bit of a part of that. But it's also um, Pierre Luke taking the onus on himself to 
to be to be better. And and he knew he had to be better. And he go go refresh himself and uh, have that bye week, that All Star uh, break. And he's come back and been a hell of a player. Jared, you look at uh, the Kings, and you know obviously you watch the the close intricacies of the game uh, better than most. Uh, coaching change comes in; they're still playing the one three one. They didn't really make many systemic changes, at least not any glaring ones. Have you noticed any small tweaks other than you know switching the lines? Well, I think just the pace of play has picked up, and I think that's mainly because of the way they move the pocket now. They're they're, they're going more north, quicker. You know, less less passes east to west. Um, in particular from the D-men, right? You slow the game down sometimes and, uh, you know, you're going too slow. The team is slow. You're not moving the puck, and that's the, the best way to become a fast team is to move the puck fast. So that's what they're doing. That's that's one of the changes that I've noticed. Their their line changes are harder. They're faster. They're, they're working hard to get on and off the ice. Um, guys are just playing better, right? It's on McClellan. It wasn't his – wasn't on him. Yeah. Uh, you know, great man. You you know that. You guys, uh, everybody in Edmonton knows that. He's a great coach, a great man. And unfortunately, that's that's how things go, right? Coaches uh, are the first ones, but um, the guys are just playing better, plain and simple. Yeah. Well, you know, and it's so true, right? It, you know, the coach can say everything. You play for a lot of different coaches. You can have a coach tell everybody what to do, and but if the players don't implement the system, it doesn't matter what the system is at the end of the day. And, uh, you know, L.A., yeah. I think they had some guys for times that were just underachieving and weren't playing very well. Uh, one of those guys who has been playing very well but isn't in the lineup tonight, and he really gets under the skin of Edmonton. He's played against the orders very well. And, uh, and Mikey Anderson, uh, pretty yeah. big blow for the Kings not to have him in the lineup uh, every night, but specifically against Edmonton. Yeah, for sure. It, it seems like he's, he's much like Drew. He gets up for these types of games to face the best. He has done a good job against, you know, Dreisaitl in particular. I know he's frustrated him. Um, you know, those guys still get their points, don't get me wrong, but he, he definitely gets under their skin. But, you know, Gavrikov's a guy that's been paired with Drew last game, so he's going to have more minutes. Matty Roy, uh, more minutes, and, and he can handle more minutes for sure. And, and much like Gavrikov, he can. Uh, young players like Jordan Spence and, and Brant Clark, those guys are now getting a, a better opportunity and um, a more – I guess, consistent opportunity to be in the lineup and, and show what they can do. This is their prime opportunity right now to see if they can play in the NHL and play against the best. So in meaningful games right now, all of a sudden we're starting to look at the, the standings every day and, uh, and see, you know, wildcard positions and first, second, third in the division. So it's, uh, it's a big time of the year, especially for those two young guys to, to step up. Jared Stoll joins us, analyst for the uh, L.A. Kings. Jared, if you look at the Kings in between now and the trade deadline, what areas do you think that they want to tweak around the edges? Is there a, is there a position, a forward, a defenseman, right winger, left winger that they'd like to add? I think a little depth on the back end, I think, for sure. Um, you know, like I just said, those two young guys, Spence and, uh, and Clark, you know, if, if they both pan out and, and show that they can play in these games, great. But I think just the depth in the, on the back end is – is something the team needs to address, in my opinion, whether they do it or not. We'll see, but um, and easier said than done, right, with the salary cap. So um, we don't have much room uh, to, to move, wiggle room in the salary cap. We're pretty uh, pretty much at the at the cap already, so it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But, um, yeah, I think there'll be some kind of tweak. Do you, when you look at the, uh, at the playoff race, and L.A. and Edmonton are now tied, the three back of Vegas, and Vegas is beat up pretty bad, as they have been pretty much all year long. Having played in the playoffs, Jared, how much emphasis would you put on home ice advantage in finishing second in the Pacific? Wow, that's a good question, bud. It seems like seems like every year becoming less and less important but you know still matchups and, and line changes and stuff like that is is important it's always it's always gonna be but it just seems like you know and, and for instance our team here like they way way better on the road the road record is way way better so sometimes you simplify uh the game more that way but i don't know maybe it is getting a little bit less important um I don't think I think now teams are just worried about getting in, right? Like it's so hard yeah. to just make the playoffs with how, how good the league is. Like, hey, who cares? Just get in. If you're battling for President's Trophy or, or stuff like that, I think maybe it's a little bit. 
I got to ask you before you go, because you were a really good face-off guy for a long time. And when you watch the games now, because I've asked some of the players, they don't seem to know what exactly the rule is. on. I've seen guys get kicked out of draws more than ever <laughs> this year. What, what, what are you seeing? Like, yeah. What's happened here? Uh, well, I, I know the... I know it's come down from the top a little bit with being more strict on, you know, having guys set more, but it is hard because everybody, everybody tries their best to cheat, right? It's always going to be that way, no matter what. Yeah. No matter if you put your foot, uh, stick down first or second. So the, the linesmen have a tough job, I think, for sure they do. But, yeah, if, if it's so inconsistent where some games and – you know, that happens in some games that guys can get away with anything. It's, that's tough for sure. I, and I agree with you. I've seen that way too often this year. It has gotten worse and worse with guys. Um, you know, some older guys, obviously, that get more leeway and can do more. Andre Kopitar is going to be able to do more than, you know, some, some younger players in the league for sure. Dry Slidle, same thing. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's an odd one. I don't know. It's, uh, I know they're trying to call it closer, but at the same time, centermen aren't going to – they're just not. They're not going to. They're not going to adjust too much. They're still going to cheat and try to cheat as much as possible. Yeah, I just. I've never seen him kicked out as, as like. There's a certain guys that are like every face off. It seems somebody's getting punted out. I just wonder. Yeah. You know, how frustrated guys are. Like, how would you handle that if you're a center? Like, what do you? Do you just still keep cheating and hope you don't get you don't get kicked out? Well, you got to talk to the linesman first, and in a nice way, <laughs> and uh, and just try to. Try to figure out. Try to be, you know, very personable with trying to figure out if there's what, what I what I can do better. And it might not be anything. I might not change anything. But you gotta you gotta still have the conversation and and let them know that you're gonna be willing to, to change and adjust because you don't want to get kicked out every time. And sometimes it's on the winger as well, right? Guys are so so anxious and on your toes to, to jump and, and, and win that faceoff, help your centerman win it, that, you know, the false start kind of gets your centerman kicked out as well. But, no, just having a great conversation, a great relationship with the linesman, that always helps. Or invite them to your golf tournament. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that doesn't surprise me that you did that veteran move. How many of them took you up on that oh, offer? Yeah. Uh, a couple of them. Yeah, yeah okay. a couple of them for sure. Yeah. yeah. Did, did it help? Not name names. Yeah, but. yeah. Did it did it help you the next year? I I think it did yeah, for yeah. sure because the relationship gets better and and he knows if I'm taking the face off or not, right? Yeah, so yeah. It, no, it can it's only smart. help. Dude, sure. hey, you know what? If you're not cheating, you're not trying, and that's just being a good guy. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, appreciate yep. it. Well, yep. uh, Stoli, always good to catch up with you, man. Have a safe drive to the to the studio, and uh, we will chat with you again. Uh, enjoy a good game. Hopefully, it's a competitive one tonight. Sounds good. Thanks, Jason. Take care, buddy. You betcha. There's uh, Jared Stoll, analyst for the uh, Los Angeles Kings. <laughs> Invite the lights into your golf tournament. Think about it, though. Smart move. Smart move, right? Don't name names. Not many people know. Might get the benefit of the doubt. Could you stick down a little bit earlier? Who knows? Who knows when it's going to help you? But it probably won't hurt you. So there you go. It's our big guest today. Brought to you by the Junior Prospects Hockey League. Uh, come back. We have five, five questions. Uh, Kevin Woodley, Mark Spector, and more. on Sports Authority Sports 1440, as well as Orders Nation, YouTube, and Facebook. 444, welcome back. How are you? Lovely Monday afternoon. As uh, I look inside, because of course uh, we are located here in the UL studio in uh, West Edmonton Mall, uh, I don't get to see outside. Just, is, it still, is it still snowing out there? If it is, be safe and please, even if it isn't, because there's going to be a lot of snow on vehicles when you're on the roads, turn your lights on. I could not believe it. Drove out to Spruce Grove last night for a hockey game, and I could not believe how many people. It's almost a whiteout, and they don't have their lights on. Please, for the love of mankind, turn your lights on, okay? The front lights are not automatic. Just put it to auto, and then leave it on auto. Then your rear lights are on all the time, okay? It's much safer. It's stunning to me how many people don't realize that their lights aren't on. It's not safe in times like that. Let's get to five questions brought to you by The Brick. We're saving you more. That's what they live by. Furniture, mattresses, appliances, and big screen TVs. It's The Brick. 
It's time for five questions on the Jason Greger Show. All right, Gregor, I'll start off with a score prediction for tonight and uh, mix in a bold prediction as well. I don't know. I don't have a good feeling about the Oilers game tonight, to be honest. Uh, I think they lose. Um, I think they play better, but they're not out of it yet. And I will say a bold prediction. Um, Matthias Janmark continues to score goals, which is probably a little surprising to people. I like it. Okay, well, I mean, I don't think I've ever really been too pessimistic with these predictions for the Oilers, so I'm going to say they... Get out of the little funk. They win 4-2, and Connor McDavid silences the critics. Two goals. Passes up a hat-trick for an empty netter to Connor Brown. No, that would be way too bold. I wouldn't go that far, but uh, I'll say two goals for Connor McDavid with an empty netter. 4-2 win. Uh, sticking with Connor McDavid, he kind of joked about seeing how many assists he would get. So I'll ask you. I've already given my answer. When, McDav- when is McDavid's next goal coming? No, man. Um, might be too easy to say tonight. Um, scoring goals is hard, even for the best players in the league. Um, you know, I, I listened to his answer and, you know, he said, Hey, maybe sometimes I'm on two on ones. I'm overpassing, kicking up shots in the slot. So, um, I'd like to know what his numbers are against Cam Talbot. Um, sometimes you can have, you know, it's a former teammate. I think sometimes the advantages on the shooter and knowing the tendencies of the goalie more. So, um, but, you know, L.A. doesn't give up a bunch. Well, I'll say he's going to score in the homestand for sure. He'll score one of the two games. And I just don't see it extending probably past tonight, to be honest. It wouldn't surprise me if he scored a goal tonight. Question number three over the weekend. Nikita Kucherov surpassing the 100-point mark. Uh, looks like Nathan McKinnon probably the next to do so with 96. Then McDavid at 89. But how many players this year do you think we see reach the century mark? Well, if nobody gets hurt, Pasternak's making it, Panarin's making it, Miller's making it, uh, Nylander and Matthews, I think, are, uh, are both on, uh, on pace for, uh, uh, for 100 points. Last I, last I checked, uh, I think they were, or, uh, are right close to it, right? Um, yeah, so no, they both are. Um, Elias Pedersen, is he on pace for it? Um, I don't think so. So, um, I'll say a total of, Eight. I like it. Uh, I'll go a little higher. I'll, I'll just say ten, and even ten players get there. Uh, I'm sure some are going to have to kind of oh, yeah, really guys, get it going here. Really get going, you know. Uh, Elias Patterson's got to get going. Uh, Miko Rantanen. Now, they're close, but they have to go on a pretty good run there. be a, above what they're producing already. Question number four for you today here. Uh, looks like in the NFL world, Austin Eckler, Tony Pollard, Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs, and Saquon Barkley will head to free agency after not being tagged as the franchise player. So in order, Ooh. one through three, what would be the uh, the order you would want uh, your team to pursue these players? Oh, man. Eckler, Pollard, Henry, Jacobs, Barkley. Gosh, that's a good question. Um well, it kind of depends what your offense is, right? Like Derrick Henry is the least of a weapon as far as catching out of the backfield, right? Although followed closely by Josh Jacobs. Um, so if, if you're going to run an offense where you want your back to catch the ball a lot, then it's still Austin Eckler for me. Um, so I guess I would go, but he got banged up and now I'm wondering. But, you know, McCaffrey had a few years banged up, and now he's not banged up. So I'm still going to go Austin Eckler. I think he can bounce back. I will go Eckler one. Um, Henry and Jacobs, two, three. You? Yeah, I don't want Eckler. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if we have the audio or the video clip here, but there is a few times last year where he looked like he was running in quicksand. Could be injury, could be age, could be the mileage. Uh, I'll say number one, I think... Saquon, because I like his versatility. Guy who has to stay healthy, though. Uh, Jacob, Jacobs would be two, and then Derrick Henry, three. If it's a one-year thing, uh certainly want to go with <laughs> Derrick Henry. I think, man, a guy who can set the tone and, yeah, able to catch the ball to a limited capacity also throws the ball sometimes. So uh, I would not mind seeing big old Derrick Henry in the Chargers colors, if possible. Uh, final question for you, Gregor, here. It's a 12-year anniversary. I'll play the clip. To claim it, a strike to claim it, and he got it! That is why I said, I've never fought! Are you kidding me? 
Pete Weber. Who do you think you are? I am one of the most iconic clips. I think <laughs> iconic <in> or idiotic? <laughs> like honestly, it's a thin line. What does it even mean? It's so funny. Like, yeah. what a, I don't know. I'm not the biggest Pete Weber guy. It's funny, but it's so stupid funny. Complete jubilation. Um, do you have a favorite athlete to mic'd up moment or listen uh, to when they are wearing the mic? Like, what? Is, who do you think you are? I am. Like, what? <laughs> it doesn't even make sense. Um. Ooh, man. Mike up Moen. I'd have to... You go with yours. Let me think about that for a second. I mean, I'm a big fan of Mike up. I think that's one of the best bits we've got out of sports. It would be maybe a bit too Homer, but Philip Rivers Mike up is hilarious, whether it is the trash no, talk God, minus the swears. Philip Rivers. Or oh, just pointing goodness. out bad defenses. Another one, though, if I, if I went away from the Chargers, Chad Ochocinco. Yeah, always very funny on the mic. Uh, whether it's you know talking trash or you know having some fun with Ray Lewis, those types of guys always interesting with Chad Ochocinco. So I'd have him high up on the list as well. Oh, trying to think, you know, Brad Marchand's pretty funny in the NHL when he was mic'd up. He's got some pretty good chirps. Um, George Kittle is one uh, I recall. <laughs> Kittle's pretty funny. So yeah. Yeah, I might go the Kittle and I don't know. I'll stick with hockey. I'll go with Marshawn just because, like, Marshawn's such a good antagonizer. He's got really quick wit. You know, he'll poke fun of himself. He laughs like he's heard every nose joke. It doesn't bother him. Um, yeah, I'll probably go with Marshawn. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. But I'm sure, you know, some of our listeners will probably have some that are better than that. So There was the, the one, and it, it's from a long time ago, and I don't think we could run it because some of the things that are said, but there's been some pretty uh, pretty good trash talk in the NHL picked up over the years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I guess that's not surprising to me. I'm, I'm more surprised when people are like, oh, did you hear what they said on yeah. the ice? And I'm like, well, yeah. Um, like, it's a different area. And, and guess what? It's funny. People, I can't believe what they said on ice. And then you go and read what people say to each other online. And I'm like, huh? Like it's, I. It takes much more cojones to do it on the ice when the person's right in front of you than it does to be like tick, 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 tapping on your keyboard. Like, ooh, hey, guess what? I really got old Paul. Where's Paul? I don't know. Right? It's not like he's coming through the screen at you. So, um, yeah, that 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 one always kind of makes me chuckle. The people are surprised. In, in, and and it's a heat of the moment, high energy. Like it's a f- highly fueled testosterone game, especially contact sports, right? Like basketball is trash talking's part of the game almost. Like if you can't handle trash talking, then you probably don't play, right? Because you won't be able to handle it. It's just kind of part of the game. So now you can say, "Well, I don't like it." Well, then don't play it. It's pretty simple. If you don't like the trash talk, don't play. What's wrong with that? These are some of the unwritten. Parts of a of a sports culture, if you don't like it, guess what? It's not for you. That's okay. But they don't have to change to appease you. Sometimes you have to adapt and be like, oh, guess I'm going to have to get thicker skin. I'm not going to have to worry about the guy over there trashing me about my shoes or the fact that I can't, you know, hit a 10-footer. Guess what? Hit the 10-footer. Then he doesn't chirp you. Pretty simple. Can't go to your left. Learn how to go to your left. Whatever it's going to be. So, yeah, but... uh you know, I, I I like that. Um, I like that part of it, of the game, and that's just me though. Um, 
Larry Bird, notorious oh, that, trash talker. Yeah, he was right? unreal trash talker, like unreal. So um, I don't. Want, I do want to. I want to read this uh, email that we got in. Uh, where to come in here? Do, 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 I got to find it again. Um, just asking about the the odors culture. Uh, he he. Uh, um, hey guys, uh, I'm a firm believer that the uh, orders have a two-tiered system, and it's not working. There's no accountability for mistakes, dumb penalties, and laziness. I'm a firm believer that complacency is contagious. When young guys and role players see dry saddle coast around, yell at coaching, take dumb penalties with zero consequences, what does it say to the players who work their butt off? I feel the top teams league have more team rules or philosophies in place that police these types of issues, and it rubs off on the rest of the team, which makes them more successful and more able to deal with the ups and downs of an 82-game season from Big Oil in the MAC. Now, I don't know. Now, Dry settled it. He hasn't taken a lot of dumb penalties. He took one on Saturday night, 100%. Undisciplined for sure. But I don't think there's any coach out there that's going to bench your star player because he took one undisciplined. If Leon Dry settled had a history of undisciplined penalties, I think that might be different. Um, is his body language the best? No. Uh, he talked about it earlier this season. If somebody's working on, I, I, could you send a message at some point? Yes, I think you could. I, I know, and they asked Knobloch after the game about it. I think it was Speck who asked the question. And, you know, did he think about it? Because remember, so Drysaddle took the penalty they scored. Then Calgary took a penalty right away. Now you're down a few goals. Do you take off one of your key cogs of your power play at that time? Right? Knowing that if you score a goal, you're right back in the game. Right? So I think that's a tough spot to do it. I, I wondered... If there wasn't a power play and you make a miss one five on five shift, could be a strong message. Because right? the odds are you just think of minutes played per goals. There's way more goals per minute on the power play than there is five on five. So it's a tough one because you're like, hey, we haven't done it. Maybe I want to send a message, but it's now the time to send a message. It's just going to hurt the rest of the team because, like it or not, Dry Saddle, very good power play guy. Right? They don't really like who are they going to replace him with? You're going to put Kane on that side? It's not the same player. Right? Like, no one can do what Drysaddle can do, can pass and shoot as well. Right? They don't have anybody. Well, maybe McDavid. But McDavid doesn't one time like him, so I'd say nobody. So it's a tough spot for a coach. But I do agree with you that if it happens again, the coach has no choice. And and I, I firmly believe that Knobloch is a guy that won't be afraid to do it. Honestly. Like, he's still, you know what? What has he been here? 40 games? 42 games, I think it is? 42 I don't, based on the conversations that guys who have played under him have said, they don't think it's a concern. Um, could he be reading the ride act in the room? Like, have you ever seen Knobloch remotely show emotion on the bench for anything? He's a pretty calm guy on the outside. Maybe inside he's fuming, but you never see it on the outside. So maybe he's reading the ride act to some of his star guys in between. Um, is he going to bench them? Like one penalty, I just, I don't know. I try to think of a coach who superstar takes one dumb penalty and you're going to bench him. Like, I don't think that happens. So I, some might not like it. Cause even, even the fourth line guys, one bad penalty, they're not getting benched. Right. And Knobloch, has he really even benched a guy yet? He's, he's put guys down a lower line, right? Fogel had a giveaway, went on the fourth line for the rest of the period. Then he was back up uh, the next game, back in the, in the third line, right? So he's done that. But he didn't staple him to the bench. So that's a good question. I, I think it's something that needs to be discussed for sure. I didn't like dry settles. I thought Friday night actually was worse than Saturday. It just seemed like he was, I don't know if people catch it on the broadcast or not, but when you're in the building, he was coming to be like, he was yelling at his teammates. For, and I get the competitive nature, but it can't be to the level that I saw on Friday night. I thought that. And that's somebody to me at some point's got to stand up and be like, hey, dude. Sit down, drink your popcorn, relax. Quote Strutty. And I think at some point, like, whether it's nurse, whether it's another leader, I don't care who it is. Somebody's got to say, hey, just focus on yourself here. Get it together. Like, you can be mad for a time or two, but it seemed like it just kept going on and on and was barking at guys almost every second shift. I don't think, I don't think that's, you know, that's one where it's, now you've jumped the shark. Someone's got to just count to five, reel it in. So um, 
I don't think it's because first of all, I don't think you know the coaches just willy nilly bench guys. I, I I think people who ask that, and in all honesty, have you ever coached? Because I don't care at what level you coach at, benching someone is not as easy as you think, especially if it's one of your best players. Right now, if you make a rule, but it's hard because so if you say don't take a bad penalty. But then what's go- what if the ref makes up like what constitutes? We all know it's like, okay, you turn around, you slash a guy. Okay, sure. It's kind of obvious, right? But if it's your best player and then you're on a power play and it's two to one with 10 minutes to go in the game, do you take him off the power play just to send the message? Or does that hurt your team even more, right? Like there's lots of things that go into it. I don't, it's never as simple or as black and white to just say, okay, this is what we do and we stick with it come hell or high water. So good question. Um, I think dry settle works hard in a lot of situations. At times, you can tell when he's frustrated and he needs to, contr- he needs to keep that frustration not to be as noticeable to everybody else. That's what I would say. Let's get to, uh, Connor Allen Sports 1440 update brought to you by Booster Juice, where, uh, stop in. At uh, Booster Juice, you only have a few more days this month, but guess what? They reward you for being you. This month, today, if your name is Adam or Neve, Adam or Neve, go down to Booster Juice and get your free drink. And if it's not you, download the Booster Juice Rewards app and uh, you can find out if you're next for the final three days of the month. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.